Shaquille O'Neal episode number 34. 34. Oh, oh Henry said, what? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Anyway. Who? <laughs> I know who that is, man. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you follow us on Twitter at underscore WRGO. Follow us on Instagram at What's Really Going. Subscribe on YouTube at What's Really Going On. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, all oh, of that. So, Update. What's up? Um, we got merch. We got merch. We in the process of like getting it out by CBC weekend. If you see, we have stickers. Oh, hit yeah, us, hit us up stickers. if you want one. Yeah, hit me up. We out here. So yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get straight into it. Henry got the Henry got the video clip, and we'll. Oh yeah, we're gonna give y'all some food, food for thought. thought. Uh, so yeah, let me get this started for you, man. Now? It's a very difficult question, Nicole. I mean, you know. America's not unique in its sins as a country. We're not unique in our evils, to be honest with you. Um, I think where we, where we may be similar is our f- a refusal to acknowledge them mm-hmm. and the legends and myths we tell about our inherent you know, goodness uh, to hide and cover and conceal so that we can maintain a kind of willful ignorance that protects our innocence. See, the thing is that when we, the Tea Party was happening, we used people were, we were saying pointless. Oh, it's just about economic populism. <laughs> it's not about us. Well, people knew, people knew, social scientists were already writing that what was driving the Tea Party were anxieties about demographic right. shifts, that the country was changing. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so that was Eddie Gloud Jr. after uh, the El Paso and Dayton shootings. The crazy thing is, and we put this up on Twitter a lot, Henry beautifully talked about this. We recorded it on the Thursday before the shootings occurred, and you literally talked about impeaching Trump, and your fear was that it would lead to domestic terrorism and white nationalism. And sad enough, that that, that exact thing yeah. happened. Um, we haven't really talked about the shooting or kind of the aftermath. Do you have any? I just thought we should definitely talk about it because it was huge when it happened. It's just crazy to me that somebody can walk into Walmart and like this. Sh- Kill people, like right? Yeah. And it's it's really scary because now you have to like look for these things and like I'm from an open carry state, yeah. and I do remember like being in the mall one time and this white dude like a gun on had a gun on his hip, and I was so uncomfortable. I like walked out of the store because what was your purpose of just flashing this gun around? Yeah. And that's what I don't understand. But speaking specifically about the shooting, it's just crazy that, again, this is happening. It's happening at concerts, anywhere. churches, like anywhere. Walmart, it's just and the fact that Republicans try to downplay it as like a mental illness. Or like an individual person. An individual yeah. act as if this is not like group thinking right now because clearly he went there with an agenda and he said that and he could do it very easily right and the past in the past few years we have seen these same types of people with these specific agendas and it's only increased if you think about 
like even like the president Japan is right now they're speaking of their barely but they're speaking about how like well i would say the obama administration did make it clear like domestic terrorism did rise a lot on american soil in the past let's just give it 10 years yeah. and it's crazy that shit, three years yeah <laughs> uh, and, and it's crazy that i can count on two hands how many have happened and it's no serious legislation being pushed to like do anything about it and then when you think about doing something about gun violence what can you really do because you can't take their guns back banning certain um guns that you have allowed people to get like it's only a fraction of the problem. right and then yeah. if you make it illegal they, it's gonna be on the black market so it's like it's kind of hard to talk about, but you have to have it. That's like race in, America, in America. You have to have these conversations to get to some sort of solution. Of course, make it harder for people to access guns. Of course, you know what I'm saying? Put certain protections on certain guns that should be illegal and should not be on the streets. And if you're caught with one, of course, you'd be prosecuted to yeah, whatever. Uh, so... Yeah, it definitely needs to be a conversation, but the conversation that's being had is like, it's a mental illness. Right. It's not being that, okay, what are we going to do? How do we attack the How do we actually fix this? How do we push legislation? How do we fund money into this and make it an actual resolution? Yeah. I think that's the thing that annoys me the most is that I think that when, of course, when when the shooter is white, it's a conversation of, Oh, the individual just went astray. Right. But if it's, you know, like Trump talks about crime in Chicago, it's like, look at these black people as a whole. Look at that. Look at this. This infested area. Say it right. Like, so I think that's, to me, that's the annoying thing is that we can't seem to, we can't seem to have the conversation both ways in the sense of like, yeah, we do have a gun violence problem, not just in a mass shooting problem, but on an everyday level like we can't even have both conversations we're like most people die not from like you shooting me but through gun suicides we can't seem to address that of like how do we actually make sure that people who do get guns are actually not even from like a mental illness point but just are like not in like how do you there has to be some way for you to prevent stuff like mass suicides from happening we're not talking about that there has to be something to prevent inner city crime like in Chicago and Atlanta, which is a problem. Like people are dying in these cities, but we right, have to. Also, what just happened? Like what? At Monday, yeah, yesterday, yesterday, that was yesterday, yesterday yeah. it was just like, like we have to be able to like, and it doesn't even seem like we're able to have any of these conversations in like a real substantive way. Where if it's oh, black people are killing each other, it's not even like let's talk about gun violence. It's just like oh, look at these people killing themselves. We can't even seem to get past that of like, what's the actual thing that we could do to stop this? Mm-hmm. And we can't even seem to get past the like the politics of gun violence and the politics of guns to even have that conversation. And that's the problem, though. Um, and if you listen to that whole little clip with Eddie Gloud Jr., uh, he was basically saying how America is a right now it's a political game, like nobody's admitting the truth about what America is. It seems like we have these steps of progress, then we take 10 steps back. And it's like, 
white people are like, oh yeah. my God, this is going on, but other minorities, other like, people have been like, welcome to our world. Right. Where it's like we have this idealistic view right. of ourselves. Because again, what he was saying, we can't just, it's easy to blame Trump and say it's his fault. He is why it, it's an uproar right now mm -hmm. and it's happening more. I would say that. But there will be mass, there were mass shootings before him, and there right. were mass shootings after. Right, Trump, even Trump beyond, is not the constant. Even though right. this one looks like it was motivated a lot by him, right? There will be others where people will shoot up their ran their say a community or say a location because they have a gun. Right, and it's not stopping because right. Trump's in office, and it's because certain Americans don't want to admit that like you, the country is a melting pot. Especially when you paint yourself to be this nation of freedom and rights and progression, progressiveness, and you've now given gay people rights, you've given black people rights, certain minorities rights, certain different immigrants rights, uh, trans people rights. It's so many pools as to who yeah. have rights and conservatives don't want to open their eyes and say, okay, this is the America I live in. Let me adapt. You're saying... Oh no! This is the way it was, and I'm gonna try my best to keep it that way. Exactly. You, you just gotta realize you're in the what 21st century is right. not gonna change. Yeah, it's no going back. And I think that's like before we move on. I think that's like the saddest thing is that like, I mean, I hate to say it, but we're gonna be talking about something like this in the next two months, in the next three months, whenever, because I think we're so, and even like us, I think everyone's just so used to this stuff happening. We're like, it's really sad and it, it it's fucked up and it shouldn't happen, but it's going to happen again right. because we just, just refuse to do to anything about right. it. Um, so moving on, by the way, this is food for thought. Uh, so moving on, uh, on Monday morning, um, this broke um, the New York police, uh, the New York City Police Department uh, commissioner. Um, he came out and said that Daniel uh, Panatello was fired um, following an administrative judge's recommendation. Panatello is the judge who placed the chokehold on Eric Garner in 2014, which He's led the officer. The officer. What do you say? What I say? Judge. Shit. Thank you. Ooh. He's the officer who placed the chokehold on Eric Garner, which led to his eventual death. Um, Garner's family came out and said that they were supportive of the commissioner's rule, but they also said that they wanted the rest of the officers um, to also the rest of the officers who were on the scene during the incident. They wanted them to also be fired. So what are your kind of thoughts? I know there was like a lot of stuff where people were like, oh, this is a great moment. And kind of, I think the smart people who, the smart journalists, kind of the smart opinion people I follow were like, it took five years and this is, this whole thing should not even be celebrated because it's marked in sadness. Right. <laughs> My point exactly. So I was reading this article that said they waited five years to fire him, which in New York is the, um, it reaches the statute of limitations on prosecuting somebody. For so he can't thing. actually face like criminal charges for what he did. <laughs> so what a coincidence, huh? Right. Um, yeah. And for him to just now be fired, like a police investigation to that. It's not um, even like, right. Like you said, he's not going to jail. He's not like in a criminal. A court. black man's life is worth this. And it's crazy because like a, the last topic we were talking about. Now that, like, okay, I'm glad something happened because most times right, they yeah. just peace, deuces, walk off, and nothing happens. Right. So I'm glad, it, you know, some type of justice was served 
in the Gardner family. That doesn't mean it's the justice that their family deserves. Right. That's what I was about to say. That's right. exactly what I was about to say. So. Yeah, so it's kind of like a, okay. Like, I think it's better than nothing. And I, and I think that's like the sad thing is that you almost feel bad for having this approach, but it's like, we're so used to, you know, nothing happening when people like us get killed for some bullshit or better yet for nothing. Basically. And we're so used to that that when something even does happen, it's still just like, this is it. Right. That's literally like, what that's it is. it. Like, and he just got, like you said, he just got fired. And I think that also, and I texted this and I, we didn't really talk about it, but I think the timing is just interesting. Like you said, like, I didn't even know the piece about the whole thing about the statute of limitations because when I was first, when I first texted you and said that it was interesting, I was mainly coming at it from the point of the New York City mayor, Bill de Blasio, was running for president. He's had hecklers at all his events talking about fire the officer. Oh, that came across my mind the first thing I seen That was the first I thing it. I thought of. As soon as I seen yep. it. Mm-hmm. As soon as I seen it, I was like, hmm. I was hmm. like, convenient. Hmm. But he's th- he's not a front runner. Like, you're not going... Thank you, but I think, and I think if we gave if we gave people truth serum, I think Bill De Blasio was definitely in their ear more than he was four months ago, and I think that it's just it's just sad because it seemed like timing in terms of making sure the police officer was okay after all of this legally and political pressure on Bill De Blasio made this kind of all happen where it didn't seem like if you took all of that out of it. Would we? This would this have happened? Have, right. And I can legitimately say that it would have. And, and I think that's the sad. That's, that's the sad really thing. the sad truth about it is that it takes someone, someone's time basically running up to they're legally free, and someone running for office to spark a fire. This is America. Moving on. So Henry has another video. He's going to tee up. We're very video centric today. Yeah. So I'm gonna play this in there. Yeah. That's a serious problem right now in America. We have this bunny as a president, and the only way to take him out is somebody winning. And we gotta get rid of Donald Trump, obviously. Because Donald Trump is an over-racist. He's way out there. But right now, people are just not scared to show it. And we constantly see on social media police brutality against black men and against minorities. What are we going to do to change that? Because that is discouraging our people. It's discouraging us to, to, to fight. It makes us feel like we're worthless. We constantly see a man getting killed. What was that, Henry? Break it down for us. So that was Barty. Um, yeah, that was Cardi B with Bernie Sanders to discuss like wage unions and jobs in America. If you watch the whole like <coughs> 11 minute Little video which video you can find on whatever, Bernie's like Twitter and social You can media find it anywhere. Just yeah. Google Bernie, Bernie and Cardi B. B. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a little it's a great little interview. You yeah. get to know Bernie's perspective a little bit a little bit deeper. Um and I think it's cool that we have a pop social icon, whoever she wanna call herself, to like that is engaged. engaged in uh, politics because it brings youth out, and that's the only way <laughs> we're going to win, win if, is yeah. the youth. Uh, so I definitely think it's a great thing. I would, I would like her to meet with more than Bernie, but if she's a Bernie supporter, which she is, right? Yeah. 
do your thing. I would like for other celebrities to try to step up and match the same energy and become more engaged because if we don't have like when Obama was running Everybody and they was on the BET Awards and it was basically Obama campaign. And all his surrogates were rappers, actors. If we don't have that Oprah, same energy, it's not going to work. It's not going to work, buddy. And we got to get behind one person. No matter who it is. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, you took the word right out of my mouth. I think that's like the most important thing is that. Because at first I was like, I didn't know Cardi B was like a Bernie, Bernie bro. Um. So at first I was kind of like, uh, Bernie, I know he kind of weak with black people. Is this like his way to like get in good graces? Which it probably is. It is, but we go, we go, we might lose. Right. You know, but whatever. like you said, and I didn't even think about this. It's another way of like putting this on people's radars of like, hey, I'm Cardi B. I'm talking to this guy who's running for president. There is an election coming up. Like, I think that's just, and I think you said like, we need to challenge or not we, but people should encourage more celebrities to do something like. Beyonce would never do it. Jay Z would never do it. But they like, did last time. Yes, they were big supporters. Like that's what I'm but saying. No, you like, have you gotta, major you keep that. Yeah. stars. Like everybody on the planet was like vote for Obama. What, which was great. What worked for him? It worked for him. Like the youth came out. That was the biggest turnout they seen yeah. forever. Not which forever. Is why, which you is a large saying, reason but, of why he won in two thousand. Right. So, and and the reason why. Clinton lost is because black people in Philadelphia and Detroit and Milwaukee didn't come out. Young black people didn't come out in those same numbers. So I think that, that that's something. Is that a, that's a fact? Yeah, black turnout was down in those states. And she lost basically three states by maybe a total of 100,000 votes. It's yeah, we got to get out of yeah, here this time, yeah. bro. Even if it ain't our. Because y'all, y'all pushing Kamala down anyway. So, like. Watch, because then when they get. Pick a random white person. Everybody gonna be upset. We we all kind of know who it's gonna be. Whatever. Joseph Robinette Biden. Anyway, right, now we're gonna get to the big, big fight. So, right, so this might be Henry and I's argue time. I don't know. This is interesting. So yeah. we're gonna play the clip and then we'll get into it. This will be a special YouTube clip. You have to want to know how you argue with social justice when Colin Kaepernick, who bought into attention the masses by peacefully protesting against social justice. Still out of a job. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that um, uh, I think we take it back. I think that we we forget that Collins' whole thing was to bring attention to social injustice. Correct. So uh, in that in that case, right, this is a success, right? This is the the next thing, right? Because there's two parts of protesting. You go outside and you protest, and then the company or the individual say, "I hear you." what do we do next right so for me there was for me this is for me it was like action actionable item what are we going to do with it like everyone heard and we hear what you're saying and everybody know i agree with what you're saying so what are we going to do you know what i'm saying so we should millions and millions of people and or we get stuck on colin not having a job it's you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? He basically you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, so let's, let's give a little context. I mean, everyone knows what it is, but you know, we like to set the table. So last week, uh, Jay Z and the NFL announced that they uh, would make a deal with Rock Nation, Jay Z's uh, entertainment and media company, 
and the NFL uh, with regard to their live music and their entertainment. So Rock Nation and Jay-Z will consult on the Super Bowl halftime show and contribute to the league's activism campaign called Inspire Change. During the 2017 season, Henry and I actually talked about this way back when, uh, the league agreed to pay $89 million over six years to social justice causes, um, criminal justice reform, education, employment. Um, that's the start of it. I think then there are so many reasons, ways we can go. I'll just start with that clip. Um, Jay-Z said, we forget that Collins' whole thing was to bring attention to social justice. In this case, is a, is a success. This is the next thing because there are two parts of protest. You go out and you protest, and the company and the individual says, I hear you. What do we do next? What the company did next was then fire that individual. And I think what we were talking about and what everybody then was, got an indisclosed settlement. Like, whatever. But but that's not whatever though, because that's and I think that what we were talking about before we recorded that is that the league and Jay Z did kind of this whole song and dance as if the Colin Kaepernick thing never happened. Like that would have been perfect if that never happened. Where they're talking about the individual and the company, they come together, they're protests, and they say, "What's next?" Well, what happened? What happened was right. That's what happened was this person got fought, got Black kicked ball. out of the league. He got a settlement, and he still laying on the team. I mean, in that settlement agreement, maybe he was never supposed to get the team. I, we don't know because again, the settlement agreement was, was basically like sealed, take this money out under seal, shut the hell and up, you're not coming back. Basically, that's what it was, and that's what kind of irritates me about this whole Jay Z situation because, like, you're saying we have to take action and move on, and like. You know what I'm saying? Do something about it. What exactly is you signing up to be the goddamn head of entertainment at the Super Bowl doing? I understand that you're going to put money toward these social justices. Which is good. Right. But like what? But it's, exactly, like, but it's like the backdrop of it. Like what is it doing? Because again, they've pledged to spend what, $89 million over, six, over years. six years? How? Give me the specifics. Because I was watching an interview with Damon Dash today where somebody was asking his opinion on it, and I feel similar. It's like, when you're talking about a business deal, you know the specifics of what's happening in that business deal. You know that this person is getting this much percentage to do these specific actions. When I work with my clients, I'm getting a contract telling I'm managing your social media for this amount of time. I'm doing these specific tangible so items. It's you know what I'm saying? This is right. Nobody Nobody, nobody on this planet besides who the NFL and, J- and, and Jay-Z and a couple people at Rock Nation right. know exactly what they're doing, but also the money that's involved. Exactly. Because no figure has come out. Exactly. And that I'm which not, like from a business perspective, do you that's what I'm saying? I'm not do mad. You. Like Jay-Z, do your thing. You're but, it's when you but it's when you talk about it's almost like if he would have never Mention that social change, right? Right, 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 because that's when it gets and that's the NFL playing chess, not checkers. Because which shout out to they basically, yeah, Jamel Hills and the Atlantic article. Y'all need to read that, but um, basically, the NFL is thinking next level, basically, because basically, they hire him 
to just quiet us down, give us a whoop-de-woo, okay, we can watch the Super Bowl again, no more protesting, yada, 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 and we move on from it. And con in context, um, remember that this comes a week after, and Eric Reed, who also did the protest. That's what I was about to say. I was about to bring that up next. Bring it up. Because basically, Jamil here didn't talk about it, but my point was going to go into how a week before this, mm-hmm. one of the NFL owners was awesome. hosting a phone. Uh, or he was um, Stephen Ross. He was going to host a fundraiser, right? Phone, and then he backed out, right? And then it's like, what's going on? What, this just suddenly happens after this. You can't be an oppressor and then try to paint yourself. As if it's not that, like, bro, just y'all don't fuck with black people. We we see that I black think, people yeah. stupid enough to still watch the NFL and not on college sports. Y'all do that. I'm not going to do it. I do. You stupid enough to do it. I mean, I can't even. I'm, I'm not gonna give you my bread. Like, you're not making bread off of my uh, streaming or whatever. I just think it's this. I think that from both sides, from the NFL perspective, it makes sense. From it makes sides, sense for it, them, but for Jay Z to come out and say it makes sense for black people, don't do that because he, he don't. He didn't say that. But he wild. technically tried to say that. I'll just say this, I think, and that's what all his whole time on my Twitter trying to say. He has a bigger plan. He owns the NFL team. Girl, shut up. Also, I, we're going to talk about how I think that NFL thing was totally planted. By yeah, we seen an article that came press. out today. They were reacting to bad press and tried to make it seem good. Um, I just think my thing is that for the NFL, they know that if we get Jay-Z, Jay-Z's cool with athletes. Jay-Z owns a – he has Rock Nation Sports, which is a basically like a um, – basically like a player agency. Like he hires like – or basically he represents players in the NBA, in the NFL. So I think that they know, hey, who's like one of the few people we could get who could at least turn the tide and say, like, we have Jay-Z. Right. That's that's literally what he <laughs> but we have, for. But we have Jay-Z. But even besides that, they were shopping around, it seems like, because apparently, allegedly, Jay-Z told Jermaine Dupree to turn out a similar deal. So... To me, it seemed like the NFL was shopping for a bit. They yeah. probably went to Master P, P. Diddy. We oh, 50 Cent. Can you imagine how much we would have flamed Jermaine Dupree? Bro, exactly. So, but I think, and, I, and, I, but and now I'll say this. I think this is what gets into it. We would have flamed Jermaine Dupree because who the hell is he? Don't also, do that because this man, he didn't, he paved his way. So, so deaf. Don't uh, do that. I'm but also, yeah, you are. Shout out. Um, I think the, what makes the whole Jay-Z thing difficult is that, and even Jamel Hill talks about this, Jay-Z's done good. She said, like, personally, like, I cannot call Jay-Z a sellout because his track record says otherwise. Right. He's done too much good. He's done too much philanthropic work. He's done too much community work. He's done too much stuff where he did not have to do, where he breaks his neck to, like, I'm going to stand up for this. I personally cannot call him a sellout, but it's just he's opening the door for a criticism and basically – giving the NFL a way out. Right, because this isn't even the first time he did some shady crap because I was doing my dick gig. Henry said magnifying. <laughs> no, nah, because it came out back in like 2017, 2018. He invested in this company that basically profits off of monitoring 
parolees or people on parole on a mobile device. So it was another business move. For you to be the first rap billionaire or whatever, you got to get in bed with the devil sometimes. I understand that. Do your thing, chief. Just don't sit here and try to say you doing this for the don't people. Sell, don't sell me a drink. Right. Don't do that. Just say, look, bro, I'm trying to get this bread. Y'all, he do great work. He got an organization with Meat Mill and uh, Bon Jones, and they actually do stuff. Yeah. So I'm not crapping on Jay-Z. I'm just saying this wasn't your I'll, play. I'll say this. How you trying to play this? And cool, bro. He brought it. He brought it upon himself. Right. And I think that's what and granted, like this is I view this as a business decision. That's it. As a business decision. That's it. It's great. But like I said, when you start talking about Kaepernick, it's almost like you're doing it as if you're not talking about the NFL who you're working with without understanding their history, without understanding what you said about them two years ago. <laughs> like I think that's where it loses me. Ugh, but, it's, but like it's a business decision. And I think it's a business decision, and good on Jay-Z and good on Rock Nation for making that happen. Good on whatever social philanthropic work they're going to do. That does not mean that we should just forget about all the other stuff he said, question him, and question the NFL on why they're doing it. Right. Because both of them should be questioned of like, hey, Jay-Z, um, what's up? The, the NFL's looking better at this than you because you're basically going to be their figurehead. It looks like they're getting more out of the deal than, than you are. So. Granted, we don't know the money because I bet it's a lot. Right. It's definitely but still, money the NFL is, involved, but it's like... You know who's also a billionaire? Every freaking owner. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. So this ain't this is like again this is chess. a business exp- this is a business expense this yeah. right this chess not checkers. checkers so yeah man I guess we'll keep you filled to we'll see what happens all right so now we're gonna go into some heads up uh yeah so shout out point to the camera this time shout out to Mackenzie gang gang she put this in uh, about bone marrow she sent us a long text that I probably had to read about four or five times to actually get the gist of it. It was too early. Um, so basically she sent, she became, or she will become a bone marrow donor and kind of put some stuff in, which I then looked up. Um, so basically what y'all need to know is that the black uh, donor pool for bone marrow is extremely low, but the black bone marrow demand is very high. Naturally that will cause an issue. Uh, black people have a 19% chance to find a perfect match compared to 75% of whites. Uh, the reasons of this range from Genetic diversity, black people, we are, the cultural diaspora is huge. To find someone with your exact genetic makeup is a lot simpler than someone who's fully white because a lot of those run around. But you might be partly <laughs> from here. But you know what I mean? Like we have Afro-Cubans, Afro-Jamaicans, <laughs> Jamaicans, right, like Jamaican-American, Nigerian, like all these other groups of people. So it's hard to find matches. Uh, also, the medical system can sometimes screw white people. So, you know, naturally we don't have a trust for that. But I just think it's, I just thought that was interesting. And I think that if you can, or if you're interested in becoming a bone marrow donor, you should definitely seek that out because that's, we got to keep our people healthy. So shout out to that. Uh, Henry put this in the doc. And of course, Henry will always find something that gets me to do like a 45 minute deep dive. Uh, so the Trump administration and housing discrimination. So I will explain this as I bring my laptop closer. So there's a proposal. Go. Shade. Uh, so the proposed rule would make it harder for people to compile complaints uh, about housing discrimination or discrimination. 
the Department of Housing and Urban Development said that the move was necessary to protect businesses from unnecessary legal exposure. Hmm. You know that Trump was accused of housing discrimination, right? Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Uh, ben Carson, everyone's favorite person. Not really. He said the rule was to clarify legal liability. The issue is that the issue is around how governments can enforce the Fair Housing Act. Under the previous rule, the city would have to show the court that the steps that they did were basically necessary and they were and not intentionally discriminatory. Under the new rule, the proof would basically be on Henry or the group that's advocating on your behalf to then make the claim to the court on why it was. So it's shifting the responsibility of the city to or the state to explain their decision. And now it's putting it on the person who's claiming the discrimination. That might not sound big, but you're basically making who's that basically you're trying to force the person who's claiming the discrimination to go above and beyond to prove something when the city has to the city can basically just say, if you don't if we don't have to explain what we did, because we know it's effed up, and if you can't figure it out, so be it. So be it. Like crack our case for us. They're just shifting a responsibility. Right. Like but prove how grieved you are. Basically. <laughs> Which is crazy because, like you always say, I feel like once an episode, Trump is doing exactly what he, he said. <laughs> and then today, I don't mean to like this. He signed a bill mm-hmm. uh, to like basically forgive veterans of their debt, student debt. And I'm like, this is interesting. Disabled veterans, yeah. This is interesting. And it's interesting to see the people he target. And it's like, <laughs> no, his administration right, yeah. knows, like, they're very strategic. About who they do what for. Exactly. Yep. Yep. They're very strategic. And that's what's kind of scary. It's, right. Because it's like, we're going to help the farmers. We're going to help the people in rural America. We're going to help. They're helping them. We hate to say it. I'm white people. Sound <laughs> <laughs> like Soldier Boy. Them crackers. There you go. <laughs> but buddy. no, I mean, but like, it's a whole thing of like, we're going to treat the people who have opioid addictions, which they should be treated. But then it's like, why are you focusing just on them? So I think that. You know, he said he's going to make America great again. We all know what that means. Again. Uh oh. So, next thing uh, we're going to talk about real quick, we'll get two more things. Uh, so this is about Planned Parenthood. So they, yesterday or two days ago, they withdrew from Title Ten funding, which is basically um, because they the Trump administration said they would no longer be able to refer people to abortion and abortion services. Earlier this year, the Trump administration basically ruled that if you were receiving Title Ten funding and you did this, you would be stripped of your funding. Planned Parenthood knew it was coming, and they were basically like, "F you, we're not going to do that. We're going to do our own thing." So basically, uh, they basically said to the sixty million dollars in funding that they would have got, they said no. Uh, Planned Parenthood basically serves 40% of Title X recipients. Uh, that's big because as we say that 1.5 million people could be impacted by this. And Title X funding is largely for contraception. It's for uh, family planning services. It's for STD testing, uh, prevention. I think this to me is like really big because I think that oftentimes, at like I used to work at Planned Parenthood for a year and like my one criticism about them was that it's labeled like this like white woman's organization, but the people who are going in there the most are black and brown men and women who have nowhere else to go. And if you're taking these services away from them, especially in 
urban or rural, right. or it don't matter communities. where it is. Right. Underserved medical communities, which in black and Latino communities is oftentimes too many places. If you're taking away those services where we know, for example, in D.C., STDs and STIs are high. are high. Atlanta, all all these major places. urban areas, yeah, right? So if you're taking away these health services, uh, where are they going it. to go? You in that, to see it, bro. right? And I think that's the most annoying thing is that people just like, oh, they're stripping, oh, they're trying to like attack a board. Like, okay, they're trying to do that, yes, but like the people who are literally impacted about this are often people of color. In urban and rural and like just in lower income areas who don't have anywhere to go. And until we talk about that, we're not doing this conversation justice because everyone always focuses on it like, oh, Roe v. Wade. Like, I get it. They're attacking Planned Parenthood, but this shit is deeper than that. It's deeper. This is about. It's deeper than the surface of what we talk about. Right. Like, this is literally about someone who might have an STI not being able to get the preventative treatments and the services and the counseling that they need. Which in our community is huge because if you take away the one health clinic, what does that do? Right. Where, I'm Who, where, where am I getting that service? Where am I getting that medicine? Where am I getting my, where am I going to get my mammogram at? Right. <clears throat> and health is expensive, man. Right. It's expensive to stay healthy. So that's just something to keep your head up about because that's very concerning. Lastly, uh, shout out to Henry. <laughs> He put together a little wicked fact sheet for us uh, on behalf of what's really going on. So if you did not know, everybody, today was uh, Black Women's Equal Pay Day. Henry put together an amazing graphic. I suggest you all all go out and check it out. Uh, basically, the gist of it was he was breaking down some stats about basically how women in our communities and our workplaces are often the most un- the most underpaid, especially compared to what they do. So I'll just read the stats that Henry put together beautifully. Uh, we'll tweet it out for you after this. Uh, white women make 80 cents on the dollar compared to white men. Meanwhile, black women make 63 cents. 80% of black women are the primary breadwinners in their respective homes or households or wherever they are. Uh, black women are the most educated group in the U.S. I will repeat that. Black women are the most educated group in the United States. 64% of black graduates are women. That is the highest percent of any group. 2.4 million businesses are owned by black women. It is not only time for us to pay black women equal. It's time for us to pay them more than that. And I think that like the article I tweeted out from Center of American Progress, while having a day is good, we can't. Black women cannot afford to wait another year no, because they are yes. literally doing too much, not only in our community, but for the American economy. Right. They are the foundation of too much for them to be underpaid because if black women are paid equally. It's and like black women versus conservatives. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Dang, we suck. Right. And you know who should be literally championing this every day? Every Democrat. That's because if you want... If you want to win this presidential nomination, talk about how you want black women to get paid more. Come up with a plan for that. No, nah, that's a fact, man, because black women 63 are cents on the dollar? That's crazy, man. So that's something. You hate to see it. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. All right, yeah, man. So that was it. Episode number 34. We're going to come back at it. 
Find us about this merch. It's hot. We got these stickers on the way. Yes. Hit us up. Follow us on Twitter, underscore WRGO. Instagram, what's really going. YouTube, what's really going on. Follow us on Apple or subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Lat- all, that, yeah. all of that. Peace. I had a stick, you know what a bag is, tell me where it is. I came for rest, the riches on the shit. I can no longer disguise a bitch, cause I'm